Aloha Penn Nation. What is up, guys? You are now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, and we are back with another great episode for all of you fine folks out there this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, we're going to be airing more frequently now. Rather than lining up a weekly show, we're just going to be putting out these episodes as they come, as the interviews come. So we're still going to be doing shows weekly, but it's going to be multiple times a week, more than likely. We're still the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. We're still going to be bringing you those voices more regularly. Also, I think I'm going to stop wasting your time in the beginning of the show. We're just going to talk to these athletes, and uh, you guys know where to go for the news. You already know. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. We're your premier source for all things mixed martial arts. We've launched a new layout. The site looks awesome. Personally, think it's pretty dope. BJ and Chris, Rude Boy Troy, they're doing the play-by-play radio show. We're just getting started. We've got a solid team, and we're bringing you guys all the news on the daily basis. Viral, breaking, exclusive content, you name it, we've got it. Make sure you follow us on social media and stay up to date. So like I said, we've got another great show. Three awesome guests coming off of a big win at UFC Orlando this weekend, knocking out Ben Saunders, Alan Joban. The Brahma returns to the show. We're going to discuss the broken foot, the timetable he's looking at for a return and healing up from that broken foot, how serious the injury is. We're going to recap the fight with Ben Saunders, talk about the finish, Allen getting back in the win column in such an impressive way, and we're also going to talk about some personal stuff that he had going on leading up to this fight that was really motivating him to put on a show and get a big win, not only for himself but for his family as well. Great conversation with Alan, as always. That's our first guest of the evening. Second guest. It was just announced that this gentleman will be taking on Joseph Benavidez at UFC 225 in Chicago. I'm talking about Sergio Pettis. We're going to preview the fight, discuss the matchup stylistically between Joseph and Sergio, the potential for Sergio to make this fight into something really big and get that title shot that, that he's been looking forward to since joining the UFC. A lot of potential within both Pettis brothers, and it certainly looks like it's the opportunity for Sergio to, to show his potential and show all the fans why he deserves to be at the top of the heap. So we'll discuss that with him. We'll talk a bit about CM Punk, Ben Askren, plenty more. Second guest of the evening, Sergio Pettis. And closing out tonight's show, Returning to BJPenn.com radio, the always incredibly controversial, outspoken, pulling no punches, Colby Covington. Colby's been in the headlines, he remains in the headlines, but he's in them again this week for some stuff he said about Mike Perry and Mike Perry's girlfriend following UFC Orlando. He received a ton of backlash for this. Media, fans, other fighters... Everybody had something to say about it. We're going to get his reaction to all of that, plus much more. Of course, we'll be talking about Tyron Woodley, Rafael Dos Anjos, the eventuality of Colby fighting for the title, or for a number one contender spot. Plenty to say, always brash and outspoken. You guys know what he's about. And he's pretty damn consistent, if I say so myself. So, there you have it. Those are our guests. First up, Alan Joban, followed by Sergio Pettis, closing out tonight's show with Colby Covington. Let's waste no time. 
This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. First guest of the evening, Alan Joban. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Coming off a beautiful knockout win over the weekend at UFC Orlando, the Brahma himself, Alan Joban. What's going on, Alan? How is the foot feeling, man? Ah, well, the foot, uh, the foot is broke up, man. To be honest, the foot, I, I thought it was just kind of bruised up. I, after every fight, I think I might have even talked about it when, when, when we talked last, but after every fight, I don't walk very well because I throw so many kicks. My feet are always swollen. I thought that's what it was, man. I bought some beautiful dress shoes. I was going to put this uh, victory outfit together. I was excited about it. Uh, uh, my, my man, Joe Jitsu, was going to take some pictures of me for the dapper scrapper thing that he's got going on Instagram, but long story short, yeah, man, my feet weren't fitting in any dress shoes, much less even uh, <laughs> like sneakers. Yeah, so I went get it checked out the next day, the next night, and um, it said it looked like a fracture. Got back to L.A., went to see a specialist yesterday, and yeah, I broke I broke two bones in my foot, and then one of the bones is broken in three places, so yeah, my feet are kind of messed up at the moment, but I'm good, man. I'm, I'm used to it. I break, I break I broke, a, I broke my same foot less than a year ago, or like eight months ago. broke my hand before that. I'm always breaking something. So it sounds like the break is not, not terrible, but, you know, something substantial at this point? Yeah, it was more than I thought, but it doesn't require surgery. So that's kind of the, that's the big, good. good thing uh, going on. Now, do you know exactly when it happened during the fight? I don't, man, but like... If you look at some of the highlights, I threw a lot of heavy leg kicks. And um, it, it gets you, man, those inside leg kicks, um, orthodox against southpaw, um, you hit the knee. And I've broken the same foot the same way before back in back in the day when I was fighting shark fights. Um, same thing, kind of like Anderson Silva, you know, Anderson Silva on, um, on uh, Wyman, what's the name yeah. that he broke? Wyman thinks you had that inside kick. I did the same thing, but I, not as not as bad. But I broke my foot like that a couple of years back, and uh, finished a fight and won. And it seemed like it was the same scenario in this fight with Ben. Right. Well, aside from the injury, you know, you talk about the inside leg kick there. You landed some beautiful ones, one just before the subsequent finished. But you you couldn't ask yeah. for a better performance, right? Talk to us about that finish. Honestly, no, man. Like it's it, it's it's kind of an odd feeling when. When you when you say something, when you say this is my goal and this is what I'm going to do, and you truly believe it, and you truly do everything possible to put yourself in that position to get it done, you, you put yourself in a position to have a high percentage of accomplishing your goal. And when it happens, it's kind of it's kind of weird, man. It's kind of you don't really know how to react. Like you know, you say. I was saying before the fight, uh, I really think this is going to be my best performances yet. I'm so motivated. Uh, I, I, my last two fights, although I lost, I felt like, man, I, I got so much better. I just didn't get to show it. Right. And um, I, I, my goal going to this fight was I show it, show it. You know, don't don't give the opportunity for him to get caught. Do not show how good you really are. And I remember on the way to the arena... Uh, Black House had posted a video of me training, and I was reposting it. And the first thing that came to mind was Muhammad Ali. I'll show you how great I am, or something like that. Right. And and that, and I started writing that caption, and then I kind of hesitated, and I was like, "Man, if I put something like this out 
I need to live up to it. I can't go on the way to the arena, but I'm going to show you how great I am and then get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? I'm just Absolutely. not the type of person. Yeah, to say something and not live up to it. Um, and I said, you know what, man? I'm just going to, I'm going to say this shit because I'm going to will myself to do it and to have you best, my best performance or one of my best performances. And that's, I feel like that kind of happened, man. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm elated, man. I had to, for a couple of days, I kept waking up thinking, did that really just happen, you know? Because when you lose, yeah, when you lose, then, like, you wake up and you're like, God, like, it's not a dream. It's not a nightmare. Like, I, I feel like a loser. I didn't, you know, it's just that feeling. And, and I've had that, that feeling for almost a year because I only fought twice last year. So to wake up and go, oh, yeah, I'm not a loser anymore. I'm a winner. Uh, oh, yeah, and I did exactly what I said I was going to do, and I got the bonus, and I got the knockout, and it went just as planned, and it, it's a dream come true, man. I'm real happy. As you should be. So at the end of the day, it sounds like you're very happy that you were able to, to live up your, to your potential in this fight and execute exactly what you were working on. Absolutely, and it was like, it was not only the fight, but um, I've been telling my son, I know like the whole father-son story got kind of played up in this fight, and I didn't mean to make it like I'm some awesome dad type thing, but it was just, you know, me and my son have a strong bond. He's been wanting to go to his first fight. I promised him, okay, this will be the fight. Our dog died about a month ago. It was real tough on the family. He was like, all, all camp, my son's like, win this fight for Buster. Win this fight for Buster. Do you promise you'll win? And I'm like, I'm going to win this fight for Buster. I'm going to do it. You come into the fight. We're fighting on my wife's anniversary. My, my wife and my son were in the crowd. Um, all these things are kind of just playing in my head. And I was thinking, and I told my son, I said, Cage, daddy's going to win this fight for you. I promise. And when I'm done, I want you to make your way down as close as you can to the octagon. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to bring you in the back. I'm going to show you everything that goes on. And I played that scenario out of my head every day. It motivated me every day during camp. Sort of like, so I actually win the fight. And then like, I'm walking, I'm, I'm giving everybody high fives on the way to the tunnel. And I see my son and my wife there and I grab them and, walk through the tunnel with them and, like, go take pictures and do all the, the media with my family at my side for the first time. It was uh, it was freaking awesome, man. It was really awesome. Oh, that sounds like a beautiful story, dude. And, and, and my, you know, my sincerest condolences about your dog. I know he was one of the most famous Thanks. famous pups in mixed martial arts. <laughs> for sure, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, he was awesome, man. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, man. But, again, a, a beautiful way for, for it all to come together. Uh, you know, you and Ben had showed a lot of respect to each other before and after the bout. Must have been really hard for you to compete against another 10th Planet guy. What, if anything, was said between the both of you after the fight? Yeah, man, it was it was something that was on my mind because Ben's a cool dude. Um, we're, 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 we're training partners, we're friends. Um, but I had to put it aside. And um, it was, it, it kind of played through my head, like, man, am I going to not, like, want to go into kill mode because he's somebody that I don't want to, like, injure, you know. But, honestly, when the bell rang, it didn't go through my head. It, it was like, go, I'm in kill mode, I'm in kill mode. And then, um, as soon as it was done, I was just kind of going through the whirlwind of emotions of, oh, my God, I accomplished my goal. And when I climbed down from the octagon, from the cage, I saw Ben was still on the ground, and that's when it kind of dawned on me, all right, let me check on him, you know. And um, he got up, he was great, he was just, you know, he was super super cool he was like man great job you know and i was like dude freaking love you man like i got so much respect for you and we kind of had the same um uh, sentiments back towards each other right. about that and then he, he's been so cool man like 
right away, like, congrats, man, we got that, we got that money, you know. And um, that made me feel really good because my goal going into this fight was get a performance of the night bonus because every, every bonus I've ever gotten, three before this one, were five of the nights, which usually mean that I take damage or I break a bone or something. Right. And I was like, you know what? My goal is to not get damage and to win this fight very convincingly. And I, I, did, I did somewhat do that, but I was actually happy that, you know what? I'm glad we got the, uh, the fight of the night. Ben gets paid. I get paid. Even with a loss, it's easier to take a loss with 50 Gs in your pocket, um, 50 extra Gs in your pocket. So I was happy for him, man. And then um, since then, he's been cool. Like, he's been on Instagram. He's going. He was on his way to the doctor, getting an MRI on his knee, saying, man, I hope my brother Alan's okay. I was on the way to the doctor getting x-rays. <laughs> I was, uh, so we've been chatting back and forth, man. He's, it was such a, a pleasure to do that with him. Well, brothers in bond and, and in war sometimes. That, that's how it's got to be in this business. Uh, but yeah. you know, you, you said that it hurt you to see him knocked out like that. I honestly feel like that kind of honesty and compassion is very rare to see these days. Yeah. I mean, I think you've seen a little more of it. I saw Brian Ortega mention something about, you know, the need, need to have more like love and shit going on. Everybody's so hateful in the world. And I appreciated them saying that. And, and it's just, it's just genuine, you know, from, from me, uh, about Ben, you know, it's like, I'm not really the type to like, you know, go, go and, uh, verbally attack people too much anyway, but from the get-go, Ben was just a guy that, that, that I liked, so I wasn't trying to build some type of fake fight up around it. I was like, let the fight be that it's two guys that are that are friends about to go to war, but even though we're friends, know that we are going to go to war. Ben brings it, I bring it, and, um, and we did just that. Absolutely, man. So with that big finish, you're now back in the win column, looking to build some momentum here. Have you put any thought to uh, when you'd like to compete again after this foot is healed? How long are you going to be out with the foot, do you think? Uh, yeah, I was hoping to compete right away. Obviously, the foot is going to put me out. I'm, I'm guessing about eight weeks, you know, for the bones to heal, and then two months after that. So it might be closer to, like, four months um, before you see me back in the octagon. But I suspect that once we get towards the end of this injury, you know, in another month and a half or two or so, then I'll, I'll get on the phone with Sean Shelby and start getting – getting ahead of the schedule and getting my, my date booked because, again, this is still my goal is a four-fight year. Um, my goal was four fights, uh, uh, four wins, two bonuses, and one main event, uh, and I'm chipping away at it. I already got the win, the, the one of the fights, and one of the bonuses out of the way, but if I want to do four fights, I need to stay active, so um, I'll have to kind of get things going, and as soon as, this is, uh, as soon as I'm available to fight, I want to get that locked down. I don't want to be one of these guys kind of waiting and waiting for a fight to happen. So um, I think with the momentum off of this fight, uh, Sean Shelby will be uh, happy to work with me again and get something done soon, probably four months. Now, do you think realistically with the injury that you'll be able to compete four times this year? I hope so, man. Um, again, I just have to I have to, have to, to escape a fight not injured, you know what I mean? Right. Um, obviously, if I'm fighting every four months, then I wouldn't be able to squeeze four in a year. But um, if I could come back and fight again in four months, get out of that one unarmed, uh, uninjured, I'd love to fight again, you know, in a couple of weeks or a month after that. My goal was if, if my foot wouldn't be broken right now, I was going to try to fight uh, sometime next month or, or something like that. But obviously the foot's setting me back. But I plan on uh, achieving my goal. All right, so at this point, who makes sense for you to fight next? Is there any matchup that, that you would really be wanting, looking forward to at this point? I really don't have anybody in particular like, People were 
mentioning Cowboy on like UFC tonight and stuff, and I would entertain that that, that idea. The only thing that sucks is like, you know, he's a guy that I like, and, and he just fought a friend. I just fought a friend. I don't, I don't know if people want to see an, another friend fight between people. You know, right. I mean, me and Cowboy are like friends, but we're guys that we've met. We like each other. We respect each other. Um, so it'd be kind of one of those again. So maybe anybody that uh, would be an exciting kind of getting your face fight, I'd be up for. But I don't really have any. Any names? Maybe the Korean guy, Dung Hyun Kim or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Dung Hyun Kim. Yeah, yeah, he's a ranked guy. He'd be a good opponent. But um, I'm up for whoever to give me. No, I I know you mentioned a ranked opponent there. Obviously, to to work towards that goal of four fights and uh, a main event, you probably need to break into the top fifteen. Do you think uh, realistically, yeah. though, you know, assuming you get that top fifteen fight, I mean, do you think you you could potentially be part of the title discussion by the end of this year? Uh, you know what? If I go four for four, that 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 isn't that isn't something that's far fetched at all. If let's say I fight a top fifteen guy my next fight and win him, now I'm in the top fifteen and, and I'm looking to climb upward with two more wins in the top fifteen. I'm somebody that could definitely be in the title discussion. Like I said, uh, my goal for this fight was not only get the win but do something dramatic to put me right back on path where I was. I was already a guy that was ranked like uh, eighteen or nineteen before my loss, so um, I feel like this propelled me right back in the same direction where I'm right outside of the top 15 again, um, and absolutely, you put four fights together in the UFC, um, it definitely puts you in title contentions, you put four fights together in the UFC with knockouts, exciting finishes, or exciting fights, and you're definitely in that discussion, so it's very possible. Absolutely, I would agree with you 100%, not only does the win streak matter, but how that win streak comes is very, very important, so uh, definitely realistic for you to for you to possibly accomplish that this year, and I, and I certainly hope that that does become possible for you. Uh, but listen, just a couple more questions here. You've been more than generous with your time. Any other projects that you've got going on for the meantime? Man, I am at my truck shop right now. I'm going to see my truck. I've been building a truck. I cannot wait to get it done. Uh, building an old uh, classic 56 uh, F100 should be done in a couple weeks. I'm collaborating collaborating with a bunch of different brands on it. So um, I say brand, you know, different companies working with me on the truck, like Sony Tires and Dakota Digital and things like that. So I can't wait for this truck to be done. I'm also um, in talks with uh, the people at Fox, man. I'd love to get back in there and do some analyst work while I have time off with my broken foot. Uh, I'd love to get in there and do that again. I had a blast last time I did it. So just trying to stay as busy as possible. Keep the momentum going uh, with everything while I'm while I'm injured. Absolutely, and I was going to ask you that. You know, you you did pretty well at the the first time at the analyst gig. I'm surprised they haven't had you back. So it sounds like it was just a lack of time for you. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know what? I get it, man. Like they, they they had me in there, and I did pretty well. But at the same time, I was I hadn't, I wasn't a winner. I wasn't a, on a winning streak. You know, those guys at Fox. Like nothing but champions up there. Everybody, DC, Tyron Woodley, everybody's a champion, and and Fox loves that man. They want the guys the belts and the publicity, and um, I knew that was part of it, man. That was another thing going into this fight. I was like, you know what? I know the guys at Fox like me, uh, and I know I did a good job. They told me I had probably the best audition they've ever had on there. But look, man, I'm on a two fight deficit right now. I need to go out here and knock somebody out <laughs> and get that hype right. around me again. Yeah. So trust me, I I I, I emailed Zach over at Fox this morning, and I said, "Look, man, I'm gonna bug you until this happens again. Let's do it, brother. I got the fight. I got the win. I got the momentum back. Let's get behind that desk, man. I'd love to do it. So I'm waiting to hear back from him." 
Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of great things on the horizon. Uh, again, you've been more than generous with your time. I hope to see some pictures of this awesome car once it's finished. In conclusion, though, tell all the fans what they can expect from the Brahma in 2018, and uh, where can everybody get in touch with you to show some love? Yeah, man, this is going to be my year. I've, I've, I've set my goals high every year, and I set them even higher this year. Four fights, four wins, at least two bonuses, and a main event to top it off. Um, I'm building my truck, doing everything I can, man, to, to stay busy. Um, but check me out, guys, man. I, you know, I always win or lose. You know, the crazy thing about me is I like to win my fights, obviously, but even the fights I've lost in the UFC, all but one fight that I've lost in the UFC, the opponent has gotten a bonus. So I like to let the, the UFC matchmakers know that, that. Look, I got a bunch of knockouts. I got a four fight of the night bonuses, and anytime I've lost, that guy's gotten a bonus. So you know you're guaranteed action when I step into the cage. Check me out at Alan Joban across the board, guys. All right, awesome. Greatly appreciated. We might have to start calling you the bonus hunter, man. Hey, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Oh, and another thing. Let me tell you my last goal, just to pat myself on the back one time. I saw the last fights that they did the highest uh, striking accuracy, uh, 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 what is it, Strike, strikes per minute, okay? Strikes per minute when Cowboy was fighting. Cowboy leads the welterweight division. He was number one. Number two was Nate Diaz. Number three was your man, Alan Joban. And strikes per minute landed in the UFC. And that was coming off of two losses. I was still number third. My goal last week was to become number one. With that performance last weekend, I became number one. I'm ranked 12th in the entire UFC now. Strikes landed per minute. And number one in the walkaway division. So that's why I'm, I'm always breaking my bones, man. Because I hit people more than anybody else in the entire UFC. <laughs> awesome man that's definitely that, that's definitely a great statistic to have on your side and uh i have no doubt that you'll continue to build on that uh as we progress forward in 2018 again alan greatly appreciate the time always a pleasure to speak with you man always a great conversation uh any plugs or shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go uh i can't think right now man but i'll show love real quick to uh uh Sanibal. they sponsor me man they have honestly some of the dopest gloves the dopest gear. Check out my Instagram if you haven't seen it. They're all white shin pads, they're all white gloves. They're, they're sick, they fit great. And it uh, looks like Muscle Farm is jumping on board with me. I'm really excited about that project. And I'll show you some uh, show some love to all of my uh, truck sponsors real soon when the truck's finished. All right, cool, man. Looking forward to it. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, I know 2018 is going to be a good year for you, man. Hopefully we can catch up again once the fight gets announced. And uh, you have a wonderful day over there across the uh, across the country, man. Absolutely, brother. Thank you, man. Take care. You too, bud. There you have it, folks. Great guy. A lot of potential. Great fights. Has a lot of things going on outside of the cage as well. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to his dog, Buster. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but uh, Buster is definitely one of the more famous animals in mixed martial arts. Uh, he was a beautiful bulldog. Um, I always enjoyed seeing pictures of him, uh, on Alan's social media feeds, but you heard it there. He wanted a win for his son, for his dog, and he did exactly that. So hats off to Alan looking forward to his next fight. And I hope the foot heals up. Well, thanks again, as always for the interview, my friend coming up next number five ranked UFC flyweight. Going to be fighting Joseph Benavidez coming up here in Chicago at UFC 225, Sergio Pettis. 
This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Up next, Sergio Pettis. Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the number five ranked flyweight in the UFC, Sergio Pettis. Thanks for taking the time to join us today, Sergio. How is life in Milwaukee? Uh, life is good in Milwaukee. We had uh, some nice warm days the past few days, so that, that's a lot better than the cold, man. It's been pretty chilly here. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm from Rhode Island, and, uh, you know, we normally deal okay. with winter. N- obviously not as bad as you guys do, but I got to say, the past few days, it's been in, like, the 60s. Very surprising weather. Yeah, yeah, especially for February. Usually a lot colder. Absolutely, man. February is usually the coldest month. So let's get right into it, man. It was just announced that you'd be fighting Joseph Benavidez at UFC 225 at the United Center in Chicago. You must be very excited about this fight. Yeah, I mean, a big opportunity for me, man, fighting Joseph Benavidez, number, I believe number one ranked. Um, I just fought Henry Cejudo, learned a lot in that fight, and uh, I want to get back out there and prove myself. Fighting so close to home in Chicago must be nice as well, not only for the sake of travel, but for the family and fan support, right? Yeah, man, I have a lot of family, a lot of friends coming out, a little quick drive, only 45 minutes an hour, and um, man, it's going to be a big show, I'm excited to get back to Chicago. So stylistically, how do you think you match up with Benavidez? I think it's going to be an interesting fight, man, I, I think Benavidez is uh, going to try to test the stand-up game a little bit, and that's where I feel I'm, I'm very strong at, I feel like uh, uh, my stand-up has definitely got people questioning them, um, making them want to take me down, and hold me down instead of a strike with me, but I think Benavidez is going to do the opposite. I think they're going to go out there and play the game with me, and I think we're going to give the fans what they want. Flyweight war. Absolutely, man. That's certainly what I'm hoping for. But, you know, given that Joe is coming off uh, off this long layoff, what kind of a fight are you expecting from him? You know, will he be more conservative with his approach, or is he going to have something to prove? Uh, I don't think uh, this layoff is going to play with him at all. I think he's going to come out there and... Uh, fight the way he usually fights. He's going to come push the page, different angles, uh, weird movement, and I, I think he's going to be the exact same fighter. He's just gonna, I think he's going to have a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder. I want to come in there and uh, try to knock my head off, prove some. Now, he's currently ranked uh, top guy behind Mighty Mouse, as you, as you would mention, number one in the flyweight division. This is a big opportunity that, that you've been waiting for, right? I mean, if you get this win, will you be next in line for the title shot? Yeah, of course, man. I'm, I'm in the UFC to fight these big fights, and fight these tough opponents and give me Benavidez right after Zudo is what I wanted, man. I want to fight these guys eventually, line them up, and I'm going to keep on fighting everyone. Now, in, in regards to the stylistic matchup, you know, you said that he was going to come out, probably try to take your head off, uh, and, and hopefully be a good flyweight war. Are you looking to really put on a, an amazing show for the fans so close by to home? I'd imagine you are. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, it's the first time I got uh, to fight near Milwaukee in about three or four years, so... Definitely looking to put on a big show for my family, my friends, and all the supporters close to home in the Midwest. And uh, some of my supporters are in Chicago, too. i got a good fan base out there. Now, when you when you talk about uh, him, him kind of having that awkward style, what are you doing differently to prepare for a guy like that? Or is it just business as usual for you? Uh, it's just business as usual, man. I'm not going to change much. Uh, I think I just need to be uh, a little bit more aggressive with my stand-up. Uh, I'm very dominant. I just got to trust myself a little bit more out there. And uh, my last fight, I kind of held back on that. Uh, had a lot of a lot of things going on in life, and uh, this fight, I, I got a clear head, man. I'm ready to go out there and show the role that I'm made of, and this is the perfect fight to do it. Yeah, you, I guess we don't hear that talked about enough, man. How much the mental the mental game going into a fight, you have to have that clear head to really put on a good performance, and uh, how how much of a factor that plays into how you perform the night of the fight. Uh, but listen, yeah, man. Uh, go ahead. Tough, definitely tough. 
without a doubt. So what was that? I, I, no, I, I felt like I cut you off there. My bad. <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. So without looking past Benavidez at all, what do you think you bring to the table in a fight with DJ if that fight should come to fruition for you? You know, I think um, obviously my 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 goal right now is Benavidez. Uh, obviously, I'm looking towards that right now instead of looking towards DJ. DJ's got uh, another fight to worry about, I believe, with TJ or whatever they're going to give him uh, next. But uh, I think I do bring a, a different style to the to the table for DJ, man. I, I feel like he has a, a little bit of trouble with longer fighters, and I think that's where I am. I'm a long fighter, and uh, I'm, I'm very, very educated in the striking game, and I think that's where it's a little different. You know, he fought a lot of guys that are going to wrestle him. I'm going to go out there and try to strike with him. And I think I have enough clean technique and clean striking and enough education to be able to do that. Now, what's your take on the super fight, looming super fight between uh, Demetrius and TJ, as you just mentioned? Uh, is that the right fight to make, and, and who would you pick to win? Um, I mean, you know, it's an interesting fight to make. I think it's, it's definitely cool for the fans, you know, uh, uh, definitely a super fight. TJ's dropping down to make 25, and, you know, see see how that works. I think he's going to be able to do it. He's a very strict athlete. And, I mean, I think it's an interesting fight. Like I said, uh, I think DJ's going to have a little bit of a, a, a harder time with TJ. TJ's a very aggressive striker, and he likes to strike. So, um, you know, we'll see. I don't think uh, TJ's going to try to take him down. I think he's going to try to make it a stand-up war. All right, and change of gears here for a moment. How's your brother doing, man? You know, he's got this fight with Michael Chiesa at UFC 223. How do you think that fight's going to play out, and how is he looking at camp so far? Man, he's looking great in camp, man. This guy's he's, he's dedicated right now. He's uh, dedicated completely to the martial art, uh, the, the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, the striking. He's, he's, he's very focused right now, and the goal is to go out there and uh, kill Chiesa. Obviously. Uh, I think he's, he's going to do it, man. He's, he's got uh, some, some, some things he had to clear up, and he cleared it all up in his, his life, and I feel like he's going to go out there with a clear head, like I said, you know, with the mental game. He's going to have a clear head. He's going to go out there and uh, perform to his capabilities and be the Anthony Pettis that we all know Showtime. He's going to go out there and do his thing. Absolutely, man. Certainly looking forward to that one as well. You guys are a couple of uh, the most talented guys we've ever seen in this game, so uh, I would agree with you 100%. Uh, but, you know, i got to ask about CM Punk. I'm wondering how hard is he training, working in the gym? Give us your thoughts on his evolution so far. Man, CM Punk is evolving a lot, man. He, he's definitely training hard. This guy's there every day. And at Dukes, man, uh, it's, it's a tough, tough, tough uh, camp. You train once in the beginning of the day. At night, we have a two-hour workout with pad sessions on top of bag work, on top of uh, cardio. And CM Punk's at every single practice. And um, I mean, I, I see a lot of improvement. His, his skill, his understanding of the sport is a lot different. I think he's getting more comfortable in uh, understanding positions now. Instead of thinking, he's able to react. And it's it's cool to see his uh, transformation. I think he's gonna do uh, great. You know, coming up, whatever if he has a fight coming up or you know whatever, him just kind of competing. He's looking well. So you see, you see a fair amount of potential that he has yet to show, and and hopefully he'll be able to do so, and and probably shock a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. He, he's a, he's a hardworking athlete, and uh, like I said, he's getting a better understanding of the, the movements and the, the the difference, you know, between what he was used to and to what we got to train. You know, he went from not knowing anything to knowing things and now understanding the what, why, when, and where, and the how. And it's, it's cool to see, like I said, he, he's, he's definitely transformed. Well, certainly looking forward to something being announced for him as well. Uh, another teammate sure. of yours, Ben Askren, there's been a lot of talk about him finally fighting GSP, the possibility of that fight. Are you guys hopeful about that possibility at this point? Man, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, Ben Askren is an amazing athlete. Uh, the guy is undefeated and been killing the competition outside of the UFC and I think this opportunity would be awesome just to, you know, to see two greats like that, GSP and 
Ben Ashram. Ben Ashram's been around for a while, known the wrestling community and the wrestling room. And I think he could he can shock the road, man. I think Ben Ashram has what it takes. He's got a different mindset, different style, and man, I think it could be an interesting matchup. Well, as a hardcore fan and, and uh, you know somebody that's followed the sport for for many many years, I think it would personally be a travesty to, to not have him compete uh, against those elite guys in the UFC, especially a GSP. Exactly. That would be that would be tremendous. So I certainly hope that that happens. But uh, you know, we we talked about your brother, and I mentioned it there. You know, your, your talent between both of you guys, given all that talent and all of your potential, and and how this game has plenty of setbacks, do you feel like you're finally on the cusp of really showing? your potential in this fight with Benavidez? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, this fight, right when it was announced, man, my heart started pounding. I was like, you know, I visualized this fight happening before. I, I, I grew up looking up to Benavidez's fights and looking up to his style and to going out there and to, to test my style against his style is awesome, you know. Um, I'm here to test myself as not only an athlete, but as a human, put myself in situations that I feel uncomfortable and I got to go out there and shine and, Get, get past the pressure and get past all of it and go out there and just be myself and be you know, raw and pure talent. It's, it's going to be a great night. So how active would you like to be this year? Is it realistic to assume that, that you could be the champ by the end of 2018? I mean, I'm uh, definitely looking to get a title shot, man. Uh, obviously, I had to get through Benavidez and figure out what's next at DOC, but I'm looking to stay busy. I, I'm very, very healthy. I don't get injured much, you know, thank God, not going to win. But uh, I'm very healthy, and I, I, I think... Um, Man, if I came to fight three, three to four times this year, I would love to. Um, we'll see how my body reacts this year, obviously, and see uh, where the where the road takes me. But I would like to stay active for sure. Well, I know all the fans would like to see you compete as much as possible. And again, given that you know, assuming that you're healthy, uh, I certainly hope that 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 all plays out as you hope. Three to four times that would be a very active schedule this year. But yes, sir. In, in conclusion, what's your official prediction for the fight, if you have one, and what can all the Sergio Pettis fans expect on fight night? Right now, I don't have a prediction. I got to put the work in and uh, go out there and, you know, make my, my make my uh, prediction. You know, so I, I still got to put some time into it. But as of right now, uh, I'm training hard, and I believe this is going to be a war, man. I have the, the talent that it takes to go out there and fight Benavides. And big goal of mine this year is to get a finish, and I believe this fight I can possibly do that. So we'll we'll see. Um, you know, see where the path takes me. All right, man. Certainly looking forward to it. UFC 225 in Chicago. Greatly appreciate your time tonight, Sergio. Any shout-outs or sponsors you'd like to thank before we let you go? Uh, just a shout-out to Rufus Sports, shout-out to Pettis Martial Arts, uh, shout-out to Wanderlei Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, shout-out to Izzy Style Wrestling. Everybody in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, what's up, guys? All right, man. Again, greatly appreciate it, Sergio. Pleasure to speak with you. Looking forward to the fight, man, and all that the future has in store for you in 2018. I uh, hope we can catch up again when the fight draws closer. You have a wonderful night, man. Yes, sir. I have that prediction for you by then, Jason. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, brother. All right, man. Later. All right, guys. There was Sergio. Greatly appreciate his time. Humble guy. True martial artist. Got to give a lot of props to him. First time speaking with him as well. Absolute pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can have him on again when the fight gets a little closer. And like he said, he can give us that prediction. But let's keep it moving. Closing out tonight's show, Colby Chaos Covington. He's got a lot to say. You guys already know that. Great conversation with him. Plenty of heat getting spit at everybody. Let's jump right into it. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. 
Coming up next, Colby Chaos Covington. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number three ranked welterweight in the UFC, the controversial nerd basher himself, Colby Chaos Covington. Much to discuss, Colby, but first, man, how is life down at American Top Team this afternoon? Oh, man, life's great at American Top Team, man. When you're the best fighter in the world at the best gym in the world, there's nothing but but smooth sailing out here. (laughs) Awesome, man. So as always, you remain in the headlines. A lot of people are talking about you this week. Not sure where we should start, but I guess let's start with the tweet about Mike Perry and his girlfriend. You certainly went all in there, to say the least, uh, with that tweet that you had put out. A lot of people said it was on called for, bad taste. Uh, now, aside from Perry himself, the MMA community, you know, as I'm talking about here, they were pretty upset. Media, fighters, fans, uh, one outlet was, was saying your comments were very douchey. Helwani says you should apologize. What's your response to all the heat that you're taking? I do what I say, and I say what I want. No one can control me in this game. This is my game now. I'm the most talked about fighter. I'm creating headlines in the New York Post. There was 11 fights on Saturday. No one's talking about the fights. They're talking about my tweet. So, you know, all I got to say is all these marks out there that want to claim that I'm a piece of crap person or I'm attacking a girl, where's the quality at? What happened when Edmund Tarverden was in Ronda's corner and he got all the slack for being in her corner? You know, Mike Perry put his girlfriend in his corner, and, you know, she, she kind of deserved it. You know, she's she's done some things in the past. You know, she said to Alan Joban when they were in the fighter hotel, oh, my boyfriend's going to kill you, fuck you, this and that. So, you know, if you want to be in the spotlight, little girl, don't act like this is a girl versus man thing. This is an equality thing. We're all equal. No, it's not a girl versus man thing. This is this is just a human and person thing. She she was the corner. She said some stupid things on, on national television. Oh, break his leg. Oh, you know, you set yourself up for that. So, you know, I don't feel bad for them and all the people that want to feel bad and, and want to take shots at me. Oh, yeah, you're going to take shots at me? This is the, the classless piece of shit that you're taking sides with. This is a guy that has prison tats on his face. You, you're forgetting that his prison fights... His prison tats are rotting his brain. The guy's a classless piece of crap, you know. I mean, before that fight, you know, he had another corner that was choke slamming his girlfriend at 7-Eleven and, and yelling racial slurs during the fight to the South Korean dude. I don't know, this, you know, Nicholson or some some bum. I don't know what the guy's name was, but, but uh, you know, they set themselves up, you know, and, and the truth hurts. So th- this beef with Perry for you is something that stems from uh... – a lot of things you've heard and, and actions that you've seen from the both of them. This isn't just uh, some random attack. You legitimately don't like this guy. No, this is not random. You know, look at what he was saying all lead up to the fight. Oh, I'm going to suck his dick. You know, he said we fought on the same cards in the past. Oh, I'm going to wipe your blood off me when I'm finishing you. Your family is going to have to to never be recognized. You're never going to be recognizable again to your family. He said all these stupid things, just just dumb as shit. And then, you know, what about when he was attacking Pitbull? He was supposed to fight Pitbull Thiago Alves, and he's talking about, you know, his his dog just died, and he's making fun of his dog and his family and his kid. Like, Mike Perry is the scummiest dude on earth, dude. I mean, he's the product of Cousins fucking an Ocala Florida. So, you know, I, I don't know how people are giving this this guy sympathy, you know. I, I mean, I know the people that are giving him sympathy. It's all the marks in the world, all the losers that, you know, want to act like hypocrites. These are also the same people that are they're trying to advocate gun control, but they want to come out and speak about, you know, things that I'm saying. So, you know, he set himself up for this. Now, Perry had told TMZ he doesn't care what you have to say. If the UFC would make the fight, 
He would come in there to kill you, and he would he would have no problem hyping the fight, given the history that you guys clearly have. He also said on Twitter that he has more followers than you, and so forth. Are you surprised at all, you know, based on everybody else's reaction, that he hasn't reacted more angrily about all of this after your comments? No, because he knows I'll beat the living crap out of him, dude. He just got completely destroyed in front of the whole world against the guy I knocked out, Jason. He's not even on my fucking level. I'm the best welterweight in the world. I'm at the top of the, the pole. I'm knocking all these nerds off the top of the mountain to the bottom. If they want, Whoever wants to reach to the top and get to the top with me, I'll knock them down. So I'm not worried about Mike Perry. The guy's a complete bum. I know why he doesn't want to say my name anymore because he just got completely embarrassed, knocked down. His face looks like a swollen tomato. I mean, the guy's a complete joke. He's not even near my level. Let's just be honest. I'm going to be fighting for a UFC belt, and I will have that belt around my waist by the end of 2018. Mike Perry's going to be fighting in Indian casinos by the end of 2018. (laughs) That is a typical Colby response if I've ever heard it, man. You are definitely the heel of heels. But what did you make of this Phil Daru, Will Brooks, and Din Thomas seeming to invite Perry to ATT on Twitter? Have you heard anything about this? Are those guys upset with you and trying to recruit Perry? Is there some tension within the team? What's going on with that? I don't care. You know, that's, you know, let him, you know, he, he sucks. You know, he's a bottom feeder. The guy's not even going to be in the UFC and have a job by the end of the year. He's on a two fight losing streak. He just got embarrassed by, by Max Griffin. You know I mean? Whatever, you know, he wants to bring him here, you know, do your thing, man. But, you know, it's not going to change the fact he still sucks at fighting. All right, so moving on from Perry, Derek Lewis went off on you on Helwani's show earlier this week, called you a preppy motherfucker, that you would call the cops. I wasn't even aware that you had said something to piss him off. What caused him to say what he did, and what's your response to his words towards you? Lewis is a fat piece of trash. Let's be honest. He can barely even touch his toes. I'm over here. He's calling me preppy. Oh, what? I'm preppy because I'm educated. I'm a handsome man with an eight pack. Come on. Let's be honest, Jason. Heavyweight division is the weakest division in the UFC. Come on. Tim Sylvia was heavy heavyweight champ and he had two left feet. They're all betas. I'm an alpha. Derek Lewis is a complete joke. Last time he came to American Top Team, he got left in a stretcher by Steve Mako. So, you know, Derek Lewis should probably shut his mouth. He's going to make himself look real stupid. And let me tell you something, Jason. I don't ever forget who takes shots at me. I will come back to you, and it will be when you're at your lowest point of your life. Yeah, well, again, I was surprised that you didn't have an immediate response for him already. Uh, But I have no doubt that, that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll definitely have something to say eventually. Um, like you said, maybe when he's at his lowest, <laughs> I would only expect the, the heel of heels to, to come out with something then. But uh, that's another ha- heavyweight guy that, that's not happy with you, man. Are you at all concerned about having to run into these guys that you've offended? No, why would I care, man? I do whatever I want, Jason. I say whatever I want. I got a good security team. Dan Lambert from American Top Team, he's provided me with the best security team in the world because he has all the money in the world. So no one's going to touch me, Jason. I'm the ultimate prize fighter. I'm the money fighter of the UFC now. So, you know, the only time people are going to be touching me is when they get in the octagon with me, but they're not going to be able to touch me in the octagon. So if they think sending a tweet is bad, wait till they have to get locked in the octagon with me. Now, I know you and I have discussed this heel role many times at length. As I said, I'm calling you the heel of heels. But is there a point in time for you to dial it back at all? Or should or do people just need to understand that you're going to continue this and be unremorseful? 
there's no dialing back, man. I'm just getting warmed up, bro. I barely even scratched the surface with what I'm doing, you know? So, you know, all the soft snowflakes in the world. Oh, this is the fucking fight business. Fuck your feelings. Who do you think these people are? These are all scum trailer trash people that, you know, just are trying to make up some make-believe stories, you know, to take sides. Oh, feelings. Oh, oh, you don't attack a girl like that. You know, oh, yeah, she's a daughter. She's, you know, there's a million daughters in the world. There's a million wives, you know. But these are all the people that are trying to criticize me. These are also the same people that are cheating on their taxes, cheating on their wives, and cheating on everything in their life. They're all fakes. So, you know, they can say whatever they want, but I'm still laughing myself to sleep with all their nerd tears at night. Oh, that was that was the Colby, definitely a Colby answer there as well, man. So speaking of heels, Ronda Rousey has been criticized over her uh, WWE appearances so far. I know the last time we spoke, you said that uh, you would hope that she wouldn't screw this up for the rest of the fighters like yourself looking to break into sports entertainment. Did you get a chance to see any of her this past week in the WWE? And if so, what did you think? No, I, I didn't even watch, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. Moving on from there. Um <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, I uh, you weren't kidding when you said you had a surprise for us uh, with that exhibition match. Uh, seemed like it got a lot of coverage, man. Were you happy with the outcome? Yeah, it was a good outcome. You know, it's a similar outcome to what's going to happen when I fight him. You know, it took a little longer for me to finish that guy that night, but you know, he was a bigger, stronger, and he had more heart than than Tyke Will Woodley. So. You know, that's that's a similar game plan and, and the similar finish that it will look like when I do fight Tyrone Woodley. Now, speaking of Woodley, you had said, um, I, I think it was earlier this week, maybe last week, that, that you have to trust the process with the UFC and you're training for a shot at Woodley. You also said that he wants to piggyback on the big cards for pay-per-view points and that the UFC lets him because he'll claim racism. Uh, do you know something that we don't? Has the UFC talked to you about being on that card this summer? Um... No, you know, but, you know, t- the, the numbers and stats, they don't lie. You know, Tyrone Woodley, he's such a fake person. He, you know, I've heard that he does have some stuff on Dana White, and, and uh, you know, maybe that's why they let him do what he wants, but who knows? You know, maybe that's just speculation, but, you know, the the numbers don't lie. You know, he's, he did piggyback off Joan Jones' his last fight. He did piggyback off Conor McGregor the fight before. Now he's sitting out for over a year, and he's waiting to, to piggyback off Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic, so... You know, I think, you know, that guy's exposing himself, man. He's putting the, he's making himself look real bad. You know, he's just, the guy's a complete tool, a complete clown, you know. I'm, I'm ready to send him to the retirement home. The guy's a joke, man. I already own his soul. You know, we trained together for many years at American Top Team, and there wasn't one round that was ever even competitive or close. You know, I put his head, in, I put his, I stuffed his head in a locker. You know, I took his lunch money, and he knows that. Deep down inside his soul, he knows that. That's why he's avoiding me like the plague. So at this point, you are just waiting for Woodley or Dos Anjos. I know that you posted that uh, that video of Dos Anjos getting KO'd by uh, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, when is the latest that you hope to have a contract signed with either one of these guys? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, if the if the UFC is going to do RDA versus Woodley, you know, then I guess I'm fighting Stephen Thompson on the same card as them. So I line up so I can get the winner of that next fight after I put choir boy out to the pasture. But, you know, you're going to have to ask his daddy if he's going to let him fight. I'm not sure if his dad's going to let him fight. But, you know, I mean, I just, I don't get why UFC wants to do RDA Woodley. You know, I mean, RDA's three and two in his last five, you know, last five fights. I'm five and oh. So, you know, RDA was just getting melted by lightweights last year, you know, Eddie Alvarez. So, 
You know, I mean, the guy's a complete bum. He's just looking to piggyback and get one more fight, and then he's out of the game, man. And that's what these guys don't understand. I'm the future. These guys are all old at the end of their careers. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up. You haven't even seen my potential yet. So, you know, no matter what, if they do Woodley versus RDA, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere, Jason. I just barely gotten started so you know when the dust settles i still will be here and i will take my throne because that is my throne there's no doubt about it these guys they're running for me they've been ducking me and they're all fucking a bunch of marks so at this point if 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 the ufc does do woodley versus dos Anjos, you're expecting to fight stephen thompson if if he's healed up by then yep all right very good man so what more can you say to these guys to encourage them to take the damn fight I mean, what is there to say, you know? I mean, they can keep avoiding me and running. It's just, you know, it's just proving everything I say, you know? My tweets, all my stuff, it's all real, man. I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist. I'm a realist, man. So, you know, all these people, they want to they wanna say things, you know? I mean, I, I'm that's why I got a lot of fans right now is because I, I say the truth, you know? I keep it real. I keep it 100 always. So, you know, I'm still going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm looking for the big fights, man. I'm not looking to go backwards. If these guys get to the top of the mountain with me, you know, I'm going to kick them off to the bottom. But they got to get to the top with me, man. I'm at the top. So I'm only looking up. I'm not looking backwards. All right, Kobe. Always a pleasure, man. Uh, that's it for me, brother. We've covered all the bases as usual. Greatly appreciate the time. Anything you want to plug or sponsors you want to thank before we let you go? Uh, yeah, thanks to American Top Team, Dan Lambert, and uh, John Hardnett for always having my back, and, uh, you know, the, the future's bright, man, you don't know, the guest list for Nerd Bash 2018, man, I, I feel bad, man, this is a serious movement, and this movement's not gonna be stopped. <laughs> Alright, brother, again, always appreciated, looking forward to all that Nerd Bash 2018 has in store, as you said, the future is bright for you, I have no doubt, my man, uh, hope we get to catch up again soon, hope a fight gets announced soon, and uh, you have a wonderful day, my friend. All right, thanks, man. Tell all those other guys at BJ Penn that want to talk crap on me. They're all two-faced, man. They're all tied pot eaters, and, and they want to tell me who I should fight next. That's the biggest problem is that these guys think they have any control of who's fighting who. You know, they're all losers. So enjoy my success and uh, enjoy seeing the benefits of when I have the belt and, and I run this game. So uh, real quick, man, who? Uh, I, what, we posted something that pissed you off? I just seen a couple guys, you know, try and take little shots, you know, from from the the studio and company. They take little shots here and there. You know, I'm not going to mention names because they're not worth wasting my breath on their names. But you know, I just have to laugh. You know, these guys are the, the same two faced people that you know want to be hypocrites and have a double standard. So you know, it's just it's funny to me, man. They're just a bunch of marks. All right, fair enough, man. Uh, so again, you know, always a pleasure. Greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we can keep the relationship going. I got a, love for, a lot of love for you, brother. You've always been very good to us. So uh, thanks again, my man. Much love, man. We're making the UFC great again. All right, buddy. Later. Later. All right, that's it, guys. You heard it here first. I want to say it's Kobe's first interview since all of this stuff went down. BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice. We have got you covered. For all things mixed martial arts. Hate him or love him. You gotta understand what the guy is doing. I've talked about it many times on the show. He's a heel. This is what heels do. If it offends you. It's working. He's in the headlines. Now I won't give my opinion as to whether what he said was too far or wasn't. 
look, man, I'm just, I'm just some guy in the media. I have no right to discuss that anyway. At the end of the day, Colby knows what he's doing for himself and for his career. Seems to be working so far. And maybe Mike Perry will get a chance to avenge the name of his girlfriend uh, later on down the line. Who knows? But again, I'm going to stay unbiased on this. Not interject any opinion. At the end of the day, like I said, I'm just a lowly media guy. So there you have it, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, episode 73. The Fighter's Voice. It's been a pleasure, as always. Big big shout-out to all the team. Everybody on the squad. You guys already know who you are. Everybody joining the squad. All the new freelance guys. Big shout-out to you as well. Make sure you follow us on social media. Bookmark us. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA News. Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest of the sport that you love of mixed martial arts. Everything that you crave from the sport we love, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. It was a pleasure to be here. We'll be back again soon. Hashtag the fighter's voice. Peace out, everybody.